Hello again, and welcome back to Mythical Magic, the podcast where we talk about commander, constructed, limited, and useless magic information. I'm your host, David, and joining me today is my good buddy, Jimmy. How are you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing really good. Uh, today, we're talking about Pioneer. Ooh, I love Pioneer. I know you do. I'm, uh, I'm a little on the fence on it. I won't lie. Why? What do you mean, why? I mean, it's a great format. It's got all of your favorite cards without all the busted stuff. Uh, it's just like a watered-down modern where you can get to turn six or seven easily every game, and you get to enjoy all the magic that you possibly want. Why would I want to play a watered-down version of a format? Well, because modern is too fast. It's not too fast, but it's very fast. And sometimes you can just lose the game on turn three if you don't have any interaction. I played yesterday, and I played against Storm in the first game, and I lost on turn three because my opponent had a, a mana dork. Not a mana dork. He had a goblin electromancer or whatever. And mm. then on turn three, he just stormed off, and I lost, and I, there was nothing I could do about it. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes you want, like, my deck is not, I'm playing Dredge on the, I'm not playing a very interactive deck to begin with, but sometimes you want to get to turn four. (laughs) That'd be nice. That would be nice. Well, that makes sense. So in case you didn't know, before we go any further, uh, Pioneer is a constructed format that started on October 21st, 2019, and has just recently been added to the Grand Prix circuit. It's basically pushed Legacy kind of out of uh, Star City's portfolio of hosting tournaments but neither here nor there uh it contains the sets of return to ravnica forward so it's a pretty interesting format has a lot of similarities to another format which i have some grievances with jimmy have you ever heard about extended i have Uh, i heard it's not good what who told you that i believe you did actually i i did no such thing uh extended it was basically just standard with extra steps right it was it was well it was standard it was super standard it contained the standard sets and then three more or four more sets that i had already cycled out of standard but standard used to be super small though right so now it's basically it's what standard extended back then is what standard is basically now right uh, where cards get to live in standard for two years or so, and then they get rotated. Yeah, out. it was a little. It was it was closer. At a at a certain point, there were more sets in in extended than there are in standard right now. Extended did actually have lots of sets. Like like when it ended, I think it had like something like all of Zendikar, Magic twenty eleven, original Zendikar, um, Scars of Meriden block, and the Innistrad block, the original Innistrad block. I mean, it had a lot. I mean, it's only I mean, like, it had a lot. I guess it's like 12 sets, but that's basically what a large standard is anyway, right? That's, uh, that standard at its biggest is usually about 12 sets. Yeah, give or take. Either way. Either way. Or maybe maybe it's eight sets. Maybe I'm wrong about that. No, no, no. But, e- but either way, when Modern was announced, uh, obviously Extended had already, Extended was already ending. I was like, wow, this is what's going to replace Extended. And as I, as I kind of like watch Modern grow... I was like, this is uh, this isn't really extended. It's like souped up extended. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then years later, we get Pioneer now. And in my mind, uh, besides the fact that it's not rotating, Pioneer to me is a mixture of extended and modern. So it's like modern light because you can't. There are no. They banned the fetch lands immediately, right? So there's right. no degenerate like graveyard strategies with like the delve stuff 
Um, like, you can't crack your fetch and then put, like, three cards into the graveyard and then be like, okay, cool, I have a turn one Gurmag Angler or whatever. Like, there's nothing crazy like that, um, which I actually watched happen yesterday. So, I mean, <laughs> in modern. Ugh. But, it's yeah, it's a lot more of a fair format. I think so. Now, and because we haven't even talked about any of the cards or the decks. Yeah. Before, yeah, well, because I, I do. I have a grievance with, with Pioneer. I'm glad Wizards has evolved their format, and I'm glad they're making new ones, and they're trying to, like, do new things with this. Don't get me wrong. That's not that's not what I'm complaining about. My problem is, and I don't know if there's an appropriate way to handle it, Modern started, and everyone's like, wow, Modern's super interesting. Modern's super cool. And then we have Legacy, and you look at Modern now, and what is Modern? Modern is just legacy light. It's like Legacy Junior. Legacy is a format that's very similar to Vintage, where Vintage is everything in Magic, but there's only restrictions. There's, like, really no banned cards, obviously. Antique cards aren't allowed. Whereas Legacy is Vintage Junior, where they have a lot more banned and restricted cards. So Modern, as it grows, which isn't anyone's fault, it's just the nature of the game that we play, as Modern grows, it's going to evolve and grow up into be the new Legacy. So the solution, obviously, is, like, well, we need a new Modern. And I believe Pioneer is that new modern. Now, the problem with it, though, is it causes the same issue going forward. Pioneer is non-rotating. Therefore, it'll continue to grow, and then it'll eventually become modern. So it'll speed up, because that's really what defines these older formats is their speed and power level mm-hmm. and their buy-in. Pioneer will grow to a point where it's basically just new modern. And it'll take a couple of years. It'll take some time and a lot of sets, and that's fine. But the problem will still be here in... 10 years and let's not talk about whether or not magic is around in 10 years or anything like that uh i mean i don't i don't think that's going to be a problem i think magic is going to last for a long time they haven't even begun to scrape the bottom of the barrel i mean and sometimes it feels no. like it but they're trust me they have lots of ideas um, oh yeah but i also like that i kind of like this like i like this rotation kind of thing where it's every 10 years they make a new format that becomes the new modern light or legacy light or whatever because it's like it it does so when i bought into modern i was like fuck, modern is expensive. It's like a grand for a deck. Like, fuck, who could afford that? Just like playing, like based off like, hey, I have all these draft chaff. Let me try to sell all this shit and buy into modern. But that like, it got me like, I tried that and it got me like a third of the way there. Like I sold all my bulk commons and rares and stuff like that. Uh, all, anything that was worth more than like two bucks, I tried to sell to the card shop to like get store credit. Uh, and I only ended up making like 300 bucks off that. And I was like, well... I'm still $700 short of a modern deck. And I, I mean, I finagled some trades and stuff like that, and I eventually got there, but my deck was not very good for the first half of it. So it does pose, like, some sort of financial barrier to entry to play these older formats. Like, I really want to play a Legacy, because I want to play, uh, like, Hogak and Legacy, and that looked... It, I've played it once before, it was really fun, but I can't, there's no fucking way that I'm going to be able to afford dual lands and all the really expensive fetch lands uh and on top of that like some of the old legacy just the creature cards are really fucking expensive and there's absolutely no way that i'm going to be able to drop a grand on the legacy so i I, this new format is relatively cheap right now like a like a pioneer deck is like i don't know like a couple hundred bucks like three four hundred bucks maybe uh and that's not terribly expensive for considering some, some standard decks are about 300 bucks especially when like oko was in the format and each copy was like 60 bucks like a place of them is like fuck like 240 bucks like 
that's not that drastically more expensive than an entire Pioneer deck. So, I mean, it's like you start off with this new format that people can buy into, and then in five, ten years, when the format is more expensive, they're like, well, cool, I'm glad I bought it now. And then the people that are in, like, nine years from now when they're like, oh, I just jumped into Standard, and I really want to check out Pioneer, but it's kind of really expensive now because it's the format's gotten bigger, the format's gotten older, the cards are more expensive now because of just over time, less copies are out there floating around. Uh, and they're like, well, don't worry. Wizards does this thing where every 10 years or so, they make a new format that's like basically the, a smaller version of whatever the, the, la- the latest format was. So it's like, just give it a year, play Stim Standard, collect all the stuff, all the rares that you really want to play with that you didn't get a chance to from the old standard sets, and chances are you're going to be able to put, build like a cool new, I don't know what the next format is going to be called, but the new format's new decks. And you'll be able to brew and play, and there's not going to be as high of an entry to barrier, a barrier to entry. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I, I do. That's just my opinion, though. No, no. And it, it makes sense. And if, if that's their model, I think that's a strong model to go with. I'm just really in that band camp of doing pretty much exactly what you just said. But you throw a new version or you bring back extended, and your standard players are like, cool. I play standard, and then they go, oh, all my cards just rotated out. And it's like, well, that's okay, because all those cards are now still legal and extended. And the problem, yeah, obviously, it, with that, that is... That sucks, because that's going to feel bad, because they're just going to rotate out again. Yeah, no, hold on. So it sucks, because it's like, well, my cards just rotated out into extended. And it's like, all right, cool, my cards rotated out. Now I got to, like, now what do I do with them? It's like, oh, well, now you play extended. It's like, oh, sweet. And since extended is rotating, the power level for it stays at a relatively safe level because it only is including um, double what standard has. So any decks that were currently in standard are going to, in theory, also be in extended. So you're like, okay, I played, I don't know, Warriors in, in standard. Now it rotated out. But it still, in theory, exists and extended. So the archetype that I was comfortable with, I can go into a higher level for, uh, format with. Because that's what any format that has more car- sets in it or is non-rotating is always going to be a higher level just because of the card pool. So now you're like, okay, cool. I play my crappy a standard warrior deck in this new format and pump it up with some older cards. Like, I got to buy some cards, but sure, whatever. Now extended rotates out years later, two, three years later. Well, that's okay because you've been playing extended and standard to some degree. You now have all these cards. You jump into the format that's right after that, which in theory would be now either modern or pioneer. So it, it, it lends the player to continue to progress into the line of magic of playing further and further and further into the higher level formats, while also at the same time rewarding them for playing standard. You're playing standard, which means you're getting new cards that, for, that help you play standard and extended. And at the same same time, all those cards are going to be legal in modern or whatever pioneer, whatever the format wants to be called. So it's just, it's a progression to push you forward. It sounds bad when you say it because you're like, well, your cards are rotating out. And you say that to a player and they go, ah, my cards are rotating out. They're useless. But they're not. They just keep moving to the next format. Now, don't get me wrong. Your way of explaining it is like, well, you know, like every 10 years, you just have to blah, blah, blah. This happens. And that's fine. Like, I think, I think both of these ways work. But this feels more like a natural progression. There's like a list. Like, hey, new players, like, don't worry if your cards don't work anymore in standard because they work in extended. And it's like extended players, don't worry. Your cards don't, uh, they don't work in extended no more. They work in modern. It makes the buy-in feel a little bit less scary because now what we have is when your cards leave standard, they're now legal in every other format, which is great. But standard cards, when they enter modern or 
pioneer. They're not always as powerful. They're not going to stand out. They're not. So, like, if you just finish playing standard, a season of standard where set and the set rotates out, and you go to play modern with the deck that you have, you're probably, and I'm sorry, you're just not going to cut it. The power level is just, it creeps up way too fast. Extended is that buffer. Extended is the buffer that stops you from going in there and just getting just knocked out. And that's, again, this is a personal opinion of mine. I played it extended, you know, back in the day, and it wasn't always perfect. <laughs> there were some problems, but it felt it felt like a natural kind of progression for me with Magic. Like, I played standard, and then I played extended, then I started playing limited, and then, I mean, there was legacy and vintage. And then I played, like, vintage, and I was like, oh, cool. And it just, it feels like the gap, it feels like there's not a gap enough for these younger players when they leave standard that the only way for them to fill that gap is to throw money at it. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think that... The, it feels like there's too many formats at that point. Like, Pioneer currently, I guess, is basically just extended. but yeah, um, It's non-rotating extended. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, it just feels like too many. I agree. I think having Pioneer and Modern and Extended is one too many. One of them has to go. And obviously, Wizards has chosen Extended to be the one that goes. I mean, I think they made the right choice. I think they made a safe and they made a financially, commercially good choice. I think on paper and for the players, it feels better. Adding another non-rotating... Like I said, when you say rotating format to players, they get upset. They're like, ugh, a rotating format. And it's a stigmatism that I honestly think needs to go. Um, But it's just the idea like, well, listen, if it's rotating, that means cards are going to become dead. Which means I'm going to buy cards and they're going to lose their value with no ifs, ands, or buts. And that sounds and that feels really bad to players. And I get it. But I'm I think I think the difference is I'm trying I'm trying, emphasis, to look at a bigger picture. I'm trying to look at like the super, super long term for magic. Now the downside of my vision is it is in theory stagnant. There's never any shakeup. If these are the formats and this is the process, then it's always standard extended modern legacy vintage. There's never anything else really new going on. With magic's way that they're doing it in theory every like five ten years you get like that cool little shakeup. like when pioneer popped up people were like holy crud pioneer like what's this like this is new this is interesting and it shakes up the magic the gathering community so i get where wizards did it it's a it's a very smart move it gets people talking it gets uh older players to be like oh I have some of those cards, and it gets newer players to be like, "Oh, I could, I can get some of those new those those cards." Yeah, they're not as they're not so old and so expensive. Right, that they're impossible to find. I mean, also, and I know Wizards isn't supposed to acknowledge the secondary market. Um, boy, howdy, it definitely drives up sales on every front. I mean, yeah, Wild Slashes went from like what, like a dollar to like six dollars overnight. What they did? Yeah, did you not know that? I did not know that. I Do got, you have a bunch of Wild Slash? BRB, gotta go get some slashes. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. Uh, they, they, when we were at GP Richmond, uh, when Pioneer had like just been announced, they were buying Wild Slashes for like six bucks a piece. Oh, why? I mean, you didn't have them on you. We weren't, we weren't <sighs> even close to home, but... I was, I was two hours. Uh, yeah, uh, that's kind anyway, of far. Anyway, uh, so I mean, that's just how I feel about it, and I I know that kind of turned into a bit of a rant for myself. And the the basic line of it is, I liked extended. I thought it was a good idea, but I see where Wizards is going, and and I respect that. I'll still play. I want to play Pioneer. I mean, we were just talking the other night. You know, we we're like, hey, like you know, what do you want to play in Pioneer? Where do we want to go? And 
you know, that's fine. But instead of negatives on Pioneer, let's talk about this deck that's running Pioneer. Yeah, let's talk about the Mirror Inverter. <laughs> oh, deck man. Is, I, I mean, I, I wanted to play Lotus Breach, so I mean, I have no room to talk. Um, <laughs> it's basically the same deck, except mine is more of like an enchantment-based combo finish, where, like, storming off, where theirs is, like, cool, I'm going to wait till I have six mana, I'm going to play this thing, and then I'm going to, this inverter, I'm going to flip my graveyard into my deck, and then my deck, is go- my deck goes away, and I have no cards in my library, I play... What is that fucking card called that we just talked about like two weeks ago? <laughs> the Merfolk. Oh my god, Dave. Thassa's Oracle. Thassa's Oracle. They played Thassa's Oracle. They're like, oh, cool. I don't have any more cards in my library. I win the game automatically. Right. Um, um, so, uh, quick, uh, quick update because we've talked about Thassa's Oracle. Um, Inverter of Truth is a card, is a mythic from uh, Oath of the Gate Watch. It's two colorless, double black. It's a 6 6 flyer with the void. So, um, on the field and in the library, it has no color. Uh, when Inverter of Truth enters the battlefield, exile all cards from your library face down. Then shuffle all cards from your graveyard into your library. So obviously, if you haven't put it together, it's real simple. You play an Inverter of Truth, you play a Thassa's Oracle, and you look at your opponent and you're like, so you want to talk about this? And that's pretty much it. Um, Sweet. So you said that, one, holy shit, Oath of the Gatewatch is finally relevant again? No. Who would have guessed? I, it's not. Uh, but two... Did you just say that the void makes it so that it doesn't have a color while it's inside your deck? Correct. So, hold on. Does that mean that you can play uh, all those devoid cards in like a colorless commander deck? No. What? Because you for just de- said. Be- let me finish. Uh, because for deck building purposes, they do possess color. That's bullshit. It is, but let's not talk about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway, so, back so, to Pioneer. So the. I mean, here, I'll give you my, my hot take on this. Uh, I think the deck is a flash in the pan. I think one of two things happen with this deck. I think it either falls to the wayside because it's a flavor of the week, or Wizards goes, wow, this is really stupid, and they ban Inverter. Um, yeah, we all know that Wizards is not really high on two-card combos. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if it's a flash in the pan. I think people will continue to play it. It's very good. People thought they, they could fight it by playing, like, Leyline of the Voids and stuff like that, and it's like, um... No, that's not. That just makes their deck better. Well, yeah, it just it means it. It turns into a, even more of a one trick pony. Where, all right, I have nothing to switch, but as long as I play the oracle, I mean, the the the, the fact of the matter is that the deck operates very simple. It plays the inverter, and then it plays the oracle, and then it goes, I win, and I mean that that's it. So have fun. Uh, yeah, it's um, you know, when Inverter of Truth came out in uh, Oath of the Gate and Oath of the Gate Watch. I was looking at it, and I was thinking to myself, like, yeah, that seems like a card that, like, would just combo eventually with some other card. That eventually is just, like, cool. Same thing, like, with Leveler uh, from Mirrodin. It, like, exile, it, like, comes into play and, like, exiles your library or some nonsense. I mean, the deck also the deck also runs Jace, Wielder of Mystery, to help him get there in case. I mean, yeah, they play backups on backups uh, on backups. I think that's the only other backup that they have. I think it's just those two. The backup is, the backup is that you can eventually play, like, this long game where you build up your board presence. Uh, and you can get enough uh, blue devotion on the field where you can eventually just get your deck low enough and just play the Thassa's yeah, Oracle and actually be like, okay, cool, I have like 15 cards left in my deck, yeah. I still win. I don't think the deck is going to... If it sticks around, why wouldn't you want to ban it? 
I think the deck is too oppressive. I think, it, yeah, that's that's the biggest problem. Is like, I don't think it's a flash in the pan, but I do think that Wizards is going to be like, well, we don't want people like it's like thirty percent of the meta. Well, right that's now. It, well, and remember that's an influx for the current tournaments that are going on, and I think in the next month, I think it's got to do it's got to do this kind of showing at like two three events in a row. I mean, it already has. Oh yeah, you're right. Because they had the players tour in Brussels last week, and then they also had the players tour in oh man, what city was it? It was in America. Uh, I think yes. it was Phoenix, maybe. Yes. No, the Phoenix is the one that's right. going on right now. They had they ha- so they had one. There was so there was the SEG tour, uh, Pioneer tour, and Demir also took that very highly. Um, I mean, it came in like tenth place, but there were a lot of them around. Um, and then people are like starting to pick up on it. Uh, and then uh, the players tour in Brussels last week, uh, it came in like second place, and then there were a bunch of them throughout the like that had really good records. It's definitely one of the most highly played cards. I think it was like. Twelve percent of the decks had it had a full four Something copies like of it in it. <laughs> that's twelve percent on, on like the first week that it was like known to be a deck. Fine, yeah, I mean, sure. I'm just saying this week. I mean, twenty. It's jumped from twelve percent to twenty five percent of the decks have four the full four copies of it in there. It's almost thirty percent of the meta. That's a huge jump, and it's doing really well. I've been watching it on the coverage this weekend. Uh, and it's just people don't really know how to fight it that well. Uh, the things that you would think would shut it down just don't typically do it. And even against control, they kind of just like they'll just play the long game where they just kind of like build uh, cards in their hand, or they'll just play a six six on turns on turn four or five, uh, and they'll just hit you for twenty four. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do about that kind of stuff. Yeah. In Azorius control, if you're not if you don't have the man up for it, or if you don't have counter spells in your hand immediately. No, I get it. Because they play, they play a lot of hand attack and stuff like that oh, yeah, against yeah. control. It's very good. The deck is very good, but I do think that uh, Wizards would probably end up banning one or both of the parts. I think is. I think is interesting. I'm not sure. Go ahead. I'm just not sure which part, which card they'll ban. I don't know if they'll go directly for the Inverter of Truth. I think so. Or if they, if this might be the one thing that hits um, Dig Through Time. Maybe. Um, I think if they hit a single card, I think they hit Inverter and just kill the deck that way, but still allow the type of deck to exist with Thassa's Oracle. Also, Thassa's Oracle is new. Um, I think if they want to go real big to keep the format in some shape or form, like balanced and keeping it a little slow to promote to promote more uh, better gameplay, then yeah, I think they do hit Dig Through Time and Inverter. Um, I can't imagine anything other than Dig Through Time and Inverter going out of the deck. Uh, I looked at a couple deck lists and I was like, the the only ones in here that really feel like they gotta go are those. I think Jace Jace is four mana. It's a planeswalker, yeah, but him going is silly. Getting rid of the Thassas, she's new. Like that's not that 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 that's a feel bad. Yeah, Wizards doesn't tend to like to ban new cards yeah, if they don't have to. Exactly. So it's the inverter and dig, I think inverter number one, uh, and I think dig through time number two. Um if they want to be feels aggressive. Like through time is like a way back though. Like it feels, it feels like if they're gonna do it, they're definitely gonna hit the inverter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. That's what I said. Number one inverter. Number two, if they bother with it, they'll do dig through time, um, just to kind of again keep the format in like keep the format to paced safe to make gameplay intriguing, so that there's actually games and not people playing a deck until they win and not caring what's going on a- across the field from them because that's always been one of the things they've talked about like with dredge like dredge is a great mechanic but we don't like players sitting down and going cool i'm gonna do some stuff and then i don't care what you do and then i win and that's not that's not what they want but those are all my favorite decks yeah well storm dredge when, Hollow One. Uh, you're, the, you're the worst yeah i know you really are yeah i know 
But with Bannings in mind, with their new model for what they've done with Bannings, how do you feel about that? Like they were doing it every Monday, and I actually, I'll just come right out and say it. I liked it. Um, I like the aggressive banning model that they had started with. Yeah, um, so it was a new format, and uh, from week to week, they wanted to see how the meta was shaping up, and I totally get that. Um, and I like that they were doing bannings every week, but I don't think they needed to continue to do that. The format kind of like settled down, and it's like, like in modern, they have like there, there's not just one top deck. There's like twenty top decks, and mm. you can go to a modern tournament and play six or seven rounds and never face the same deck twice. Mm. Uh, and I think that's kind of what they were aiming for. And I think they've not entirely hit it, but they're like there are a lot of different decks in Pioneer that are doing really oh, well. Oh yeah, I think they mono hit. red, mono black, yeah, Sultai Delirium, which is cool. They got the the Mer- Ver Index. They've got Azoria's Control. There's just a bunch of different decks. Minus what they've just, what we've just encountered with the Inverter Truth decks, I think the meta was very diverse. I think it was a place where you could bring a tuned deck and make it, um, depending on how well you play tested, how well you thought it through, to add diversity to the deck. Absolutely, uh, the banning's going away from being pretty much every Monday is fine as long as they keep up that model of like, if we see something that's bad, we're gonna ban it. Um, and that is obviously a little scary uh, and tyrannical to be like, well, as soon as something's good, it gets banned. And I hope that's not what players kind of feel. I hope they don't think, oh, well, I, this deck is doing really good. Well, now it's going to get banned. I, I think this is the one format where Wizards should take that stance of like, you know what? If it's degenerate enough, we're going to get rid of it. And I think that's fine. I think it makes for a fun format. I think it'll keep a format constantly alive. And then in theory... Speaking to the secondary market, it should, in theory, keep the secondary market at a safe and affordable level to stop my issue of a high buy-in. Yeah. I just don't want to see them wait too long and have it warp the format kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like, I know that people are like, oh, well, the murder, uh, or the Thassa's Oracle says you win the game, uh, so we'll play the the three mana Gideon where it's like oh your opponent can't win the game and you can't lose the game oh that'd be and hilarious that would be a weird card to have in a lot of sideboards oh. like it's not it doesn't go in it doesn't do anything against lots of decks so to have it in your sideboard for just this one matchup feels bad yeah but um, it's a Gideon oh I know Gideon is your favorite and you love him oh, but he is not player. that card is not meant to be a pioneer all star well. that card is not doesn't do anything in most match matchups so you don't want you don't want cards that have no relevance becoming relevant for no other reason than just one deck. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. I I think that's bad for the secondary market. I think it skews prices for no no reason. This card has no purpose other than this, and because of it, its price jumps up, and that that doesn't feel good. So I do agree with you. I think it needs to be addressed. I think you're right. I think it needs to be addressed sooner than later. I don't know when the next ban is, but I'm hoping that the inverter of truth is on there for some reason yeah. unless unless it dies down and it becomes like a steady healthy 10 percent of the meta yeah then that's fine oh but i think it continues fine. to be 30 and maybe goes up to 40 percent of the meta i don't want to i don't want to play against that deck every fucking week yeah when it's over 20 percent, that's when you have to start being like mm, what do i think about this deck what uh what is it so that kind of brings me to my next question for you the speed of Pioneer. You play Pioneer a little bit more than I do. So what do you think the speed is? You might be surprised to find out that I've only actually played uh, two Pioneer tournaments. I haven't actually gotten a chance to go out and play Pioneer that much. I've thought about it a lot, and I've been watching a lot of the coverage and stuff, but I haven't actually gotten to play it myself. Don't say that. 
Why? It was just because, like, you just play more than I do. I do play. I play more Magic than you, but I'm not not as much as you'd think. Mm. Honestly, I mean, well, you play more Commander than any than any of us. Mm. So, I mean, you might play the most Magic overall, just not the most competitive Magic overall. Maybe. Maybe. Debatable. The size of our decks is is considerably different in, in our constructed formats. What turn would you say Pioneer is? So, um, I was playing. Oh, man, what is it called? Uh, Lotus Storm for a little while, mm-hmm. where it was it has absolutely zero interaction, and I was making it to turn uh, four or five like very easily without without ever interacting with my opponent, without them killing me. Uh, I think the only, the fastest deck that I was having problems with was um, the Insole Artifact decks, where they just play a five five on turn two basically, and then just bash in for a bunch of damage every mm-hmm. turn. Um, other than that, though, unless it was Mono Red. You make it to turn six pretty easily okay. without ever interacting with your opponent. Mm. So, I mean, I switched over and I started playing um, the Spin to Win Energy deck. Right. And uh, my deck doesn't have that much interaction. It has a couple of creatures, but they're usually mana dorks or they're like Whirler Virtuoso, uh, which is pretty good. But just the, the two mana artifact that gains you three life and makes three energy was enough to like buy me a lot of turns. Hmm. You gain like six to twelve life in a game, and you're easily making it turn till turn eight. And that, that's a big call for the format. Being a, a turn like six plus format is a big deal. When games normally end on like turn four or five and six, and I mean end, not you know start. That's scary for some people. Yeah, I would say I would say that it's a lot closer to standard than it is to modern mm. in terms of speed. Right, but obviously power level of cards is significantly higher than standard. Yeah. I mean, from the decks that I've looked at and seen, uh, I would say like the power level of like card for card is significantly higher. But again, like that speed thing is a huge deal. Like knowing that, especially for newer players, because I'm looking at it from the, the lens of someone coming into the format. Going into a format and going on turn four, I lost. And you're like, oh, well, okay. As opposed to going into a tournament and, and going turn six, I lost. That's a big deal. Those two turns are a, a hefty, hefty uh, play. Like, it's the same thing in, I wouldn't say competitive, com- competitive commander is different. But normal commander, EA, turn one, two, and sometimes even three are moot. Like, they just, they don't matter. And then on turn four, five, and six, things get crazy. So it, it plays a really, really big deal in kind of getting the format out there to players also it helps with people when they're building decks like well i know i have turn one two and three and four to kind of get a setup at the very least and it it makes cards like inverter of truth good i mean did you hear anyone ever talking about playing inverter of truth in modern hell no right nobody's playing that crap in modern absolutely not like it's an unthinkable out the door for being like oh yeah i'm gonna try to do this like turn six combo like turn six (laughs) what are you nuts yeah so you could get shot for 30 damage by storm on turn two yeah and and that's and that's the that's the flip side of my argument where i i like pioneer it's a, a place where you can build a bunch of different weird things like this this deck wouldn't be able to exist in any other format any format almost ever like just it's just not gonna happen inverter of truth was a dead mythic in an oath i think people looked at it maybe for like a half a second in modern and like well i'd like to do something but ah uh, no yeah it's just not good enough and that's what i love about it like that that that's the flip side of where i was where i'm like man like, i don't like a pioneer but th- this kind of scenario i like i don't like the end result unfortunately because it's kind of like oh this is this is a little staggering but at the same time yeah 
Yeah, I'm down for this. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that uh, Pioneer slows down a little bit more so that I could play uh, my old favorite deck from Standard, uh, the Devil's deck. <laughs> but uh, I've been told a bunch of times by a bunch of different people that that deck will never see the light of day again. It's just not fast enough. It doesn't do anything until, like, turn seven. Yeah, you need... um, You're, you're missing, like, two, maybe even three new types of cards to push it over the edge, I believe. Yeah, I need some, and like, fast to, mana stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. In red, that's probably going to be tough. Oh, yeah. So, with that in mind, where is, where is Pioneer, where's Pioneer going? Um, if they ban Inverter of Truth, uh, I think the next top decks are probably just going to be the super value decks, like uh, Sultai, in Sultai Delirium, mm-hmm. where they just play the best card on each spot of the curve. They play uh, Emrakul at the top end. Because uh, you can make it cost like six or seven mana, right. and they're definitely getting to that much mana. Uh, and then you just kind of like value grind out your opponent with tireless trackers and emeralds and all that stuff. No, yeah, well, yeah, you're probably right. It's gonna be like between that and Azorius Control, probably. Ugh. Azorius Control doesn't really have a good finisher though right. at the moment. They've kind of like their their I think their best finisher is like the Castle Ardenvale or the the white one. Where it just eventually makes a bunch Ugh, of one ones. That sounds terrible. But that's like the slowest, yeah. worst grindy matchup Jeez. ever. And so that's and and that's what I don't want. That's what I I'd rather have a I'd rather have a meta full of inverters than that. Oh yeah. Personally. Definitely. And that's scary to think that Pioneer devolves into that. But in the past couple of months and this the past year that has happened with Pioneer, the player base has done a pretty good job of like, well, this was a really big deck, and now it's gone. Let's do this. They've kind of moved on to like a new kind of flavor, though. Not flavor of the week, but just a new, a new flavor in general. So I'm hoping that we don't just settle on grindy control value decks. And don't get me wrong, I love me some value, but sitting across a deck that's like turn one thought seize and turn two fatal push your thing, and then turn three murderous rider your one thing, and then I'm gonna play a corsair crucifix and then into a scavengers to make sure you can't do anything, and then like I right, hit you for three, hit you for four, hit you for five, don't do anything, don't do anything, don't do anything, I'd kill you. Like that doesn't seem like fun. I, something a little bit more interesting than that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have to. I will admit, and I will say it out loud. I'm excited to see where Pioneer goes. I'm hoping to play more of it. I'm hoping to see some interesting results. Right now, I think it's one of the closest things Wizards has to promoting the best meta that they've ever had ever. We had a small renaissance, I think, in modern year, a couple years ago, where there was, I mean, just straight up legitimately, 10 minimum decks, minimum, that were all tier one, that were all playable, that were all different. And everyone was like, you can't sideboard against everything. Like, you just got to pick something. We lost it, and it sucked, but I think Pioneer, if they keep up the aggressive bannings strategically, you know, don't go overboard. Uh, I think maybe just Inverter this time should be banned, and we still keep Dig Through Time to let people, you know, do what they do. But I think I think Pioneer is on a, on a fast track to becoming a very interesting format. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to watch Standard uh, as it, like, unfolds, because I feel like currently the card pool is so small that this new Standard sets, no matter what's in them, really, mm. are still making waves. Um, I mean, especially with Wizards trying to push the power level of cards. It feels like Pioneer could be shaken up every three months very heavily for the next and that's good. couple of years, yeah. probably, until the format gets too large. Yeah, having a non-rotating format that actually is affected by what is made in standard is i i want to say unheard of but that feels too grandioso i think it's just amazing 
having a standard set come out and it affect another set is always exciting and it doesn't normally happen yeah i can't wait to see what happens well just build the time machine and go look uh i'm on this time machine called earth moves at the speed of regular time actually now, so i mean it's <laughs> not that great but it doesn't cost me anything so i mean yeah <laughs> okay uh tell me about a card you like jimmy oh a card that i like or yeah. a card that i love uh both like and love you can like and love something right okay uh well the card that i like is uh dance with the devils but the card that i love mm-hmm. is pyromancer's goggles uh, tell me about this card. uh and this brings me back to that devil deck that i was talking about yeah. oh man i fucking loved playing that deck in standard what does it do uh, pyromancer's goggles mm-hmm. holds the whole deck together it really pushes it over the edge it actually makes it a playable deck uh it's five colorless mana it's a legendary artifact mm-hmm. uh, and it has tap Add a red mana to your mana pool. Uh, when you spend that mana to cast a red instant or sorcery, you get to copy that spell, and you can choose new targets for the copy. So it just gives you that extra oomph that every turn you're able to copy something, whether it be, like, I was doing it with, like, Fiery Impulse to, like, wipe away boards when uh, the ban- the, the ban- Coco Human deck was really popular. Uh, you can play... Uh, I think it's Dance with the Devils is the one that's instant speed, and you can make four devils on your opponent's turn uh, and use that to block strategically so you don't take any damage, and then you ping them for four damage, because as we know, devils make our 1-1 red creatures that when they die, they deal a damage to any target. And then the biggest play is playing... You play this on turn five, and then on turn six, you have you immediately have enough mana to do Devil's Playground, and that makes uh, four devils. But instead of that, you get eight devils. So you make eight devils. You make eight 1-1s, that whenever they die, they're going to deal a damage to something. So you just have basically eight damage sitting on the board that your opponent cannot negate, basically. It's like, cool, I'm going to attack for eight, <laughs> and you're going to take eight. <laughs> Whether or not you'd like to lose a creature or something like that, that's totally up to you. But you're definitely taking eight damage. And I just thought it was the best deck ever. <laughs> I was having so much fun. But it's all it's all thanks to Pyramus's Goggles. I tried building it in Modern, mm. but <laughs> I tried building like Mono Red Tron. But there's just so much shit that you could be doing that's way better than Pyromancer's Goggles in Modern with seven mana. Yeah, unfortunately. Very unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a good card. What, what, set's that, what set is that from? Uh, that's from Magic Origins, which oh. is uh, actually like right before I started playing Magic. I just happened to... I think I, I saw I heard about this card from uh, MTG Gilfish back when I first started getting to, into Magic really heavily, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely playing this. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like, any, I like cards that give you double effects for spells it feels a lot like uh the mirari from from odyssey where you pay three and you can copy a spell but it's a little bit it's a little bit easier yeah it also ramps you which is nice right you're you're, you're already paying five mana so you're basically getting um, um red back for it so that feels good mm-hmm. no i like it that's a good one that's a good one but i think that uh wraps us up for this week it does and i'm super excited because do you know what we're talking about next week I have absolutely no idea, Dave. You pick the topics. Shh, you need to be surprised. Uh, next week... That's what I'm saying. Next week is a, is another format uh, conversation. Are we talking about... Yep. We're talking about... Com- com- it's Commander. We're going to be talking about... Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say Modern, but no, I was like, why no, would we no. be talking about Modern? No, no. We just talked about a constructed format that is very competitive, uh, and it's a brewer's heaven, and it's interesting. We're going to talk about a format that's been around for a long time, but... Um, is also competitive and a brewer's heaven, <laughs> but has a little bit more uh, intricacies to it. It has many formats, I think, within itself. So we're going to talk about Commander slash EDH Elder Dragon Highlander. 
And maybe we'll get to throw some battle box in there or something. Oh, we can do that. We can talk about battle boxes. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. We're Mythical Magic. I'm David, and this is... And I'm Jimmy. <laughs> I love getting you like that. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>